Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In the realm of Christian service and ministry, many things are done in the name of Christian work. But 1 Corinthians 3 is a key chapter that points out absolutely clearly that the unique work all of us as believers should be engaged in is a building work. Verses 11 and 12 in this chapter say it, For another foundation no one is able to lay beside that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But if anyone builds upon the foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, stubble. Two categories of materials. In the first category, the materials are mineral, very precious and enduring, gold, silver, precious stones. In the second category, however, the materials are all perishable and natural, wood, grass, and stubble. The significance of these two categories becomes very relevant for us and our Christian work in the very next verses. The work of each will become manifest, for the day will declare it because it is revealed by fire, and the fire itself will prove each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work, which he has built upon the foundation, remains, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is consumed, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Bob Danker has joined us for our second program on this matter of the materials that are listed in this key portion of First Corinthians 3. Good to have you here, Bob. It's good to be here, Chris. I would say this, perhaps many Christians have read through this section of First Corinthians chapter 3, but I wonder if they have really been deeply impressed by this. This is a very impressive portion of the Word. And as you read here, it has a lot to do with each one of us because each one of us, in some way or another, is engaged in a building work. We are the builders of the church. But uh, we have to take heed with what materials we actually do the building. Yeah, a couple of things are really striking in this chapter. We'll spend a few minutes talking about this chapter because it's important, I think, to put a good context around the message today. Number one, the location of the building, in other words, the foundation that it's being built on, we've already covered, that is critical. Now, the materials with which we build are also critical. And that's going to be, I think, very, very clear. Yesterday, we touched the, the precious things, the, the remaining things, the enduring things, the gold, silver, and precious stone. Today, of course, we're going to deal with the, uh, the other category, which are the negative things, the things that are perishable and get consumed. But let's step back for a minute, Bob, and just talk about this chapter. It's so incredible. It's such a meaningful and profound word. I was thinking about it as I was reading it again, preparing for this message today, this program. If you were a seminary student and were given the task or the assignment of trying to identify the key doctrines in this chapter, you'd have a difficult time, wouldn't you? Yes, it appears that there are no real doctrines here, and yet there is, I would say, a most significant revelation here, mostly through figures or metaphors. For instance, in this chapter, you see in the beginning, Paul said, I wanted to feed you with solid food. 
but I was not able to. Instead, I could only give you milk to drink because you were infants in Christ. Mm. This is very rich in the pictorial kind of language. Right. What is this milk? What is this solid food? And who are these infants? These are all metaphors. And as you read on in the chapter, it seems that everything in this chapter, nearly everything, is portrayed in a pictorial form. And when we get to the section that we're going to deal with today, we can see this matter of God's building. We have a foundation. We have the materials, the three uh, precious and enduring materials, gold, silver, and precious stones. Then we have three other materials, wood, grass, and stubble. And then we have a fire that will test what sort of material we have used in our work of building the church. And so you can see all of this is brought out in metaphorical form. But the significance here is very, very deep and profound and penetrating. Yeah, in discussing this same point, Witness Lee points out that perhaps the reason Paul here has relied so heavily on these metaphors, these pictures, these graphic symbols, is because his focus is far more uh, experiential than doctrinal. And experientially, we are all involved in this kind of building work that culminates in maybe the biggest of the metaphors in this chapter, in verse 16, the temple. Of course, we're not building a literal temple today, as the Jews did uh, you know, some centuries or millennia ago. But the what we are building culminates in a temple. So an experiential chapter for sure, isn't it, Bob? Absolutely, Chris. This is critical to our Christian experience. All right, let's join Witness Lee with our first segment today. This chapter was written all together in an experiential way. This is a chapter of figures, of metaphors. What is to build with wood, grass, and stubble? Practically speaking, wood is the human nature. You know, the Greeks are not only philosophical, they like to philosophize in everything. Wood is their nature. Wood is their makeup. They were born this way. Paul says, don't build the church with wood. What does that mean? Don't build the church with your great nature. Then, what is the grass? The Bible likens man as grass. All the men in flesh are like grass. So here the grass is all the Greeks. Paul knows, you Greek brothers, you tried the bear to build up the church in Corinth with you as men. Don't think this is a small thing. In ancient days, if you go to the church at Jerusalem, very Jewish. That is a Jewish church. If you go to the church at Corinth, Greek, philosophical. You see, wrong material. Raw materials. What is the wood? The nature of the Greeks. What is the grass? Just the Greeks. They built the church with their natural being. And then how about stubble? You all know. What are stubble? Strong. The dead stumps. No life, no weight. What are these? These are even worse than the grass. Jealousy, strife, envy. Gossiping, criticizing. I tell you, when you are philosophical, you have no way to avoid criticism. 
because philosophical people have always a lot of thinking, right? More clever you are, the more you would criticize. Today, no proper material is used. Everywhere, lots of wood, lots of grass, lots of stubble. Human nature, human beings, and human evils. You need to be careful. Baba Yam, unescapable, strong warning here at the end of his speaking. Uh, of course, the, the warning is, is right from the verses that we read earlier on. The fact is that for all of us, not the unbelievers who are facing one kind of judgment, but for all of us, there is a day coming in which the work that we are engaged in in our Christian walk and pursuit is going to be tried. And metaphorically, at least, what's going to try it is fire. So the nature of the materials with which we're building is critical, isn't it? It's absolutely critical because God's building cannot actually be built with wood, which represents the human nature or the nature of what we are by nationality or by culture, whatever is uh, built into us by our birth, by our upbringing, by the way of living that we have, Mm -hmm. the American nature, the German nature, the Chinese nature, the Japanese nature. Every nationality has its own nature, its own way of doing things, own way of thinking, own way of living. If we try to build the church with these things we will find out that these things are not acceptable as materials for God's building, and they will be rejected by God eventually, by the fire, as uh, spoken of in this verse. And then we have the grass. You know, there's a verse that says, all flesh is like grass. What is flesh here? Flesh simply means the fallen man. So if we try to build a church with ourselves as fallen men, just flesh in the eyes of God, then we are using grass to build up God's divine, holy building. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely unacceptable, and this kind of material will be burned by the judging fire. Then, if we try to use the evil things, such as jealousy, strife, these things, which also are part of our fallen human nature, to build up the church, again, We are building with the wrong material. These are not the materials of which God's divine building can be built. So, as you said, uh, we have to be careful. We have to take heed. Paul said, take heed. Let every man take heed how he is building. That means with what material he is building. To take heed means we need to be careful. Bob, all three sections of our program today are focused on this point. We will now spend some time with some example uh, that will help, I think, to make it more clear. Witness Lee will open up this next segment with a story of his own experience in China. The background here, of course, is the gospel was brought to the land of China in the early 1800s and through that century largely through the efforts and the marvelous work of Western missionaries, American, British mainly. And with their American and British ways, they went and presented the gospel, and many, many native Chinese were born again and brought into the kingdom. But then, of course, the tendency was for them to mark their work 
with some of their national tendencies, their American flavor and their British flavor. And as we'll see, there was a reaction against this in China, but the result was also something that is going to fall into the category of the wood, grass, and the stubble. Here's Witness Lee. Let me tell you a real story. It was about 50 years ago. There was a strong tide in the north of China. You know what is that? To make the Christian churches native. Everything native. No sign of any Western culture. Even to build the chapel, not in the Western way, but in the native way. They said, we like the Bible, we don't like the Western things. Let us make our church in China native. Chinese. What is this? Grass. Just grass. The church should neither be Western nor Chinese. The church should only be built with Christ. In every aspect, it must be Christ. Christ in this way, Christ in that way. In every way, the church must be Christ. But today, you build the church with your nature. Maybe Chinese nature, maybe American nature, maybe German nature, maybe French nature, with your nature. And you build the church with yourself. Don't build the church with what you are. We have to look to the Lord for his mercy. Not to build the church with what you are. Witness Lee was born a Chinese, but by his mercy, I like to be terminated. I like to be replaced. I don't like to come here to build the church of Christ with what I am. I hate that. I really hate that. I mean it. I really mean it. Because this is grass. Bob, let's come back to his story, and then I'll present you with a question. Here we are. We're in China 60, 70 years ago. Uh, because this word was given about 20 years ago. And the Western missionaries had raised up these works and had built up these churches, but they all had a kind of a Western flavor to them. And so the Chinese say, no, this is China. Let's build the church here in the Chinese way. We're in China. You can build it in the American way in America. This is reasonable enough, Bob. What's wrong with this? Oh, it sounds very reasonable. I mean, we should, you know, do things. When in Rome, we should do, do certain, what the Romans yeah, do, yeah, right. <laughs> in a sense, right? But this applies when you're in Rome, but it has nothing to do with the building of the church. Actually, the word here is so pure and so revealing here. Paul is trying to tell us, he said, of course, there's only one unique foundation for the church. No one can lay another one. What is that foundation? Christ himself. Right. So just as there is only one foundation then there's only really one material that is acceptable for the building of the church. That material also is Christ himself, Christ in different aspects, Christ experienced by us, gained by us, and offered up by us to God for the building of the church. Anything of our natural man, our fleshly being, anything of our culture, our philosophy, these things have no place in the church. Only Christ is the material that can be actually qualified for the building up of the church. So we have to be careful. 
And at the end of his word here, Brother Lee said one thing that impressed me. He said, I would like to be terminated. Yeah. I would like to be replaced. So the only way for us to build the church is to have everything that's related to our nature, our fleshly person, and uh, just everything that we have, everything we are, everything we can do has to be terminated by the cross of Christ. And then we need to be replaced with Christ in resurrection. Then the church will be built up with the proper materials. A lot of uh, things today you see, and it seems like the test for all of us. Let's say someone from the outside would come to our church. What does he taste? What does he see? Does he see something that reflects our culture? Maybe he sees something that reflects a gifted one among us, a personality that is quite striking. Or does he see Christ and Christ alone? This is really the fire, isn't it, coming into our midst? This is the fire. This is the test, you may say. Uh, When we enter in among certain believers, what do we taste with them? Do we taste Christ and Christ alone? Or is there something of the natural man, something of wood, something of grass, something of stubble? Well, let's go back to Winsley for our third section today, Bob. We must exercise our spirit, looking to him, Lord. Be merciful to me. Have mercy upon me that I would never build your church with my natural being, with my nature by birth, with my behavior like jealousy, strife. No. I like to build your church with the Father's nature at school. Lord, with your cross as the silver, terminating me, redeeming me, and replacing me. Then I sure like to build the church absolutely in the mingled spirit, wherein is the Father's nature to go, the Son's redemption, the silver, and eventually the issue is what? The issue is the perfect, complete, and beautiful transformation. That is the precious stones. I like to build the church in this way. This is the apostle's thought when he wrote this chapter. Dear Corinthian believers, you all are plants in the farm. You need to grow, to grow Christ. Then, the more you grow, when you reach the growth, you have the transformation. And you become precious stone, silver and gold. You don't need to lay any foundation. Don't exalt anything. Don't exalt anyone. Don't do it. Don't exalt any doctrine. Don't lay any foundation. You just build what has been laid already. That is the all-inclusive Christ. Now you build upon this Christ not with anything Greek, nature, being, evil, good things, not at all. Not with anything Greek, but with the Father's nature, the Son's redemption. Then you will have the issue as the Spirit transformation. Then the church will be golden, full of silver, and full of gold. 
Bob, we've spent most of the time today focusing on the negative category, the wood, the grass, and the stubble. But he touched here on the the positive items that we developed a little bit yesterday. I think it would be good to close today with a good review of these positive materials. How about if you uh, pick that up for us? Yes. These positive materials, of course, the first material is gold. And this material in the entire Bible signifies the Father's divine nature. So the first material Mm -hmm. for the building of God's building is gold. We need to build with God the Father's nature. Instead of our nature uh, by birth, we should build with God the Father's divine nature, which we received through our new birth. By being born of God, we receive the divine nature. And according to 2 Peter 1, verse 4, We are now partaking of this divine nature. The more this divine nature is constituted into our very being, the more we build up the church with gold. Then, I like the way Witness Lee said, the silver signifies the cross, Christ's death, which terminates us, redeems us, and opens the way for Christ himself to replace us in resurrection. This is wonderful, right? Christ's redemption. Not only does Christ's redemption obtain for us the forgiveness of sins, but it terminates all that we are. Right. This is a wonderful reality. Whenever we experience the cross, we experience termination as well as redemption, and then Christ comes in to replace us for God's building. This is wonderful. Then the final material is precious stones, and precious stones are produced by the transformation of materials that are already in existence. These materials, through heat, through pressure, are transformed to be something precious. This signifies the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. As we experience Christ, we enjoy Christ, and Christ grows in us, then spontaneously there will be a a metabolic transformation that occurs within us, and this produces in us the precious stones and makes us precious stones for God's building. These are the three positive materials, the materials that are the genuine materials for the building up of the church. Mm. Well, this is a marvelous picture to see this chapter so full of metaphors, pictures, types unfolded in a way that really does leave a very deep impression on us, both positively and negatively. As we've spoken already, there's a not just an implied, there's a very specific warning here for all of us. Yet at the same time, uh, we're given, by way of these pictures, the key to how to build, aren't we, Bob? Yes, we are. These pictures show us definitely how we all, as believers, should be building up the church. Uh, A chapter that I think is, uh, now we've been on it for several days, I'm convinced this is one of the richest chapters in the whole New Testament and one that I think has been largely overlooked and perhaps never really understood in a clear way. This particular life study series uh, dealing with chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians is priceless and I think it is of value to every seeking believer. I hope uh, if you're listening today and you've been touched at all that you would take the time to contact us Uh, to find out about receiving the printed life study volume that accompanies this program, this portion of the Word in 1 Corinthians. It is absolutely a critical, 
profound unveiling of a marvelous portion in God's Word. If you'd like to receive this or find out more information about uh, the other materials we have, please contact us toll-free 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send an email to radio at lsm.org. We will return again tomorrow as we're continuing the live study of 1 Corinthians. I hope you're able to join us tomorrow and the rest of this week as well. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The recovery version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament recovery version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.